the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're married, give a good and warm, safe greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good, warm morning hug or welcome with a special social distancing safety, of course, to your children and to all those who you live with. Do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 6 a.m. on Sunday morning. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre, and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good Holy Sunday morning, my dear friends. Uh, I salute you on this beautiful Sunday of October. Uh, stay warm or enjoy the weather. It depends. October, we could have a second summer or uh, we could be heading towards a wonderful fall, wonderful winter. Uh, many family-oriented celebrations are to begin. Uh, be careful and uh, use caution, but don't deny each other's love, even though uh, we have to be careful with the COVID situation in the world, but we also don't deny each other um, the Presence, whether virtually or um, in a safe way that you could be present together as a people of faith, a congregate, as a people in your own family. Um, pick up the phone, call somebody you haven't spoken to for the longest time, um, send warm greetings, uh, start preparing yourself in a spirit of Advent, in a spirit of Christmas, in a spirit of Thanksgiving. Um, um, you know, there are many things that we could now benefit from to create a solidarity in our society, to reawaken the neighbor's uh, feelings, to break the poisonous silence that broke families and broke neighbors and broke people inside their world, turned the people against each other. I'm talking about the context of what COVID has created and the political situation in our country has created. So please, um, let us rise up to a better character. You know, talking about character, I want to leave you with this quote from uh, late Archbishop Fulton he says, uh, character is not revealed when life shows its best side, but when it shows its worst. And trust me, I know that because I could see lots of friends when you are on the higher um, side of the wheel, but when the wheel brings you down for some sort of purification or when you are attacked or when you are under persecution, only the real characters stay next to you. And these are courageous people, real friends, and definitely real lovers of God and real people who um, are nation builders, are people who also you can count on in times of distress, in times of tribulations, and they protect you. They are the children of God in Jesus Christ. 
Christ. Today, let us pray, and uh, let us pray for our beautiful guest, for his whatever his undertaking is, and like for the many veterans like him. This is the second time we'll have on the show George Athanasopoulos, uh, a wonderful friend, a former candidate to Congress, comes from beautiful culture, Greek. I love and I know how to cook better Greek food than him. I might speak a little bit more Greek than he does speak, you know, but he's a Greek because he carries the name Athanasopoulos. Good morning, George. Good morning, Father. And you really need to go to confession after that introduction. I thought you Orthodox don't have confession. You just confess privately between you and God. So I'm glad I'm converting you, I guess, now. (laughs) You are certainly not, sir. (laughs) Let's pray together for unity, actually, for the love. And those are wonderful jokes. They could happen between two private people, I guess. want to tell our listeners how much um, I love you and you have been, uh, you and uh, your wife and children and family have been great asset and uh, great pillars for me, for my community, for my parish, and for the mission of hope and mercy, um, uh, for whose intent uh, and benefit we're doing this show. And thank you for coming again to the show. So let us pray today with you. In this beautiful month, we celebrate uh, the feast day of Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary. And this month as well, there is this uh, October 7, we commemorated the War of Lepanto where in 1569, when uh, the Turks were trying to occupy and invade Rome, after a night of um, vigils and prayers and uh, Holy Rosary prayers uh, with the Pope Pius V, um, in fact, the Turks were defeated in the early morning and they couldn't occupy nor invade Rome. So prayer was the real character of these people, George, with this um, and trusting God, of course. And, of course, there were armies and there were people leading a righteous war, I do believe, uh, to make sure that the enemy does not come to the eternal city and destroy what was the treasure of Christianity at that time. So with this, let us pray. O God, come to my assistance. O Lord, make haste to help me. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Let us remember in this month that Mary gave birth to Jesus, and who is called the Christ, the Messiah. You know, whoever has left the darkness of sin yearns for God. And in Psalm 63 we pray, O God, you are my God, for you I long. For you my soul is thirsting, my body pines for you, like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary, to see your strength and your glory. For your love is better than life, my lips will speak your praise. So I will bless you all my life, in your name. I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with a banquet. My mouth shall praise you with joy. Glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Remember again, in this holy month, we commemorate the Most Holy Rosary. And remember that Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Christ the Messiah, and he is the king of all nations. He is a source of our strength. Christ the king, the savior, was born, lived, died, and rose to drive Satan from the earth as his father has driven him from heaven. 
with this, I want to welcome uh, George Athanasopoulos for the second time. George, thank you for coming to Good Sunday Morning. And dear listeners, wake up, call your friends, uh, look at our, our podcast when you go to the website of KNUS um, here in Denver. And uh, please um, tell your friends uh, uh, to like our show, Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Um, George, um, how did you do with the COVID, by the way? Here we're going to start with the big thing in the morning, which I don't like to do. But it's a good topic to warn the people about and see how they can deal with it and sympathize with them as well and help them to give them hope in recovery. How did you do with the COVID? Uh, I was fine. I mean, listen, you know my medical story. I'm someone who's immunocompromised. I, I got the vaccine, the Pfizer, which, by the way, let's think. President Trump and Operation Warp, Se- Warp Speed for delivering it. But listen, my doctor told me to get it. I went out and got it. That doesn't mean that I am supportive of ma- vax mandates. That is not constitutional. But did I make a personal choice like every American should be allowed to do? Yes. Yes, I did. Absolutely. And uh and we want you to be healthy. I know uh, um, similar situation, immunocompromise. Um, I was actually concerned and worried about you, but I took the sickness because I got the actual COVID myself, and I'm still recovering from some damages uh, myself. But uh, I can't take the vaccine, of course, for the principal um, reason of uh, aborted fetuses, uh, but mostly because of my medical situation. Um, I, I, I couldn't take the vaccine actually. But George, the vaccine and the COVID have become a weapon, have become a political weapon. You know, tons of people have been fired from their great jobs. People who have worked, whether in the police or in uh, airplane companies or in hospitals or in huge firms, are being actually fired and they have not been given any constitutional protection, any constitutional rights. And you said it clearly, we're not with the vaccine mandate because this is unconstitutional. People have to make their personal choice to be safe and to make others safe at the same time. But why did the COVID and the vaccine, why are being used as weapons? For whose benefit, you think? Well, let's, let's back up, Father. Let's go, let's, let me take you on a trip down memory lane. 2016, I'm running for Congress. I am running against Representative Ed Perlmutter, who did defeat me. But before Election Day, we had a debate in Denver, down at the Jewish Community Center. It was an auditorium. It was filled. There were the congressional candidates. We were all on stage, all seven districts. I think the Senate candidates were invited, but I think only the Republicans showed up. And we went through questions, question and answer. I answered one of the questions because it was about support for Israel. And I said, mind you, to not an exclusively Jewish audience, but a mostly Jewish audience, I said that if they voted for my opponent, Ed Perlmutter, or any other Democrats on that stage, they were voting against the best interests of Israel. And the, <laughs> the audience was aghast. They actually wrote an article talking about the audience's reaction to my answer, not so much the answer itself. But I want to fast forward because what I said then turned out to be absolutely true. The Democrats absolutely 
and continuously act against the best interests of Israel. They have shown themselves to be anti-Semites. Now, fast forward. And I know, Father, that you are, you are a priest in the Catholic Church. You do not get overtly political. Correct. I, Correct. Am, I am a Christian, but I'm an angry Christian. And I know that that's against the teachings, but how can I help if I am a person of faith when I look around and I see that they allow pretty much every type of gathering— except for church services. They say it's not in the public interest to go to church, but I, you can go to a liquor store, you can go to a marijuana dispensary, you can go to a concert. If you're involved in movie making, you can go to that. If you want to go to a protest and burn down city blocks, that's fine, but somehow going and t- you know, getting communion is somehow against the public interest. It is not... In, you know. Well, I understand you. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you're an angry Christian. I would honestly say what um, again th- this time I'm gonna keep feeding people uh, beautiful words of wisdom from late Archbishop Fulton Sheen. He says sometimes certain God-given rights, sometimes certain God-given rights and liberties can be preserved only by resistance to that which would destroy them. And to defend yes. certain basic God-given rights and liberties is not immoral, but righteous. So I understand you, you know, that, that you personally took that stand and uh, you're not an angry Christian. You're a Christian who knew the value that to protect our God's given rights, we have to resist those who probably were taken away from us. And if you felt that way that your opponent was doing it, I'm not saying he did, but um, I'm trying to, to, to put you in a context that you don't want to diminish that your virtue um, counted from your as a part of your position and i really appreciate you and i'm sure he had his own virtue as well your, your opponent but the reality they closed the churches they denied the public worship they denied the mass and in such a way they did take away from us our god-given rights and our liberties that's the fact is that what you're trying to say yes but it goes it goes further than that father and you said I'm not an angry Christian, but I'm not done yet. The, <laughs> the plain, let us dispense with the, with the fantasy that the, and I'm going to get political, Father, because we cannot pretend that religion is not political. In this world, in this time, everything is political. There's only one party that's trying to shut down churches. There's only one party that abandoned Christians across the world to be massacred by 14th century savages. That's the Democrats. And frankly, I don't know how you reconcile being the party that supports abortion up until the moment of birth with being a Christian. I don't think you can. When you are that blatantly contradictory of what it is the church teaches to say that I am Catholic, but I also support murdering a 38-week-old fetus, not Christian. If you are, if you want to close the churches specifically, but in general allow all types of other congregations, meetings, happenings to occur, that is not Christian. It, I could go on and on, Father, but just like in the Jewish Community Center— Let's not pretend 
that one party, but not the other. Uh, well, let me just say this. Just like I Go said ahead. in the community center, you have a choice. You can vote in the best interest of the state of Israel, the nation of Israel, and you can vote for the best in- interest of Christendom. But there's a choice. It's not, you know, both sides are good. No. Well, from my perspective, the Judeo-Christian foundation of the world is being shaken. There is no question. The Judeo-Christian um, lifestyle is is being attacked. There is no question. I mean, if you go back, um, even, you know, Jews suffered from hate, from genocide, from the Holocaust. Um, Christians today, um, we live with a record of over 89 million martyrs. 89 million people were killed in the world for 2,000 years because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And today we see that because of the religious principle, for instance, with the COVID, that, um, you know, people do not want to take the vaccine because it has fetuses from, from aborted babies. They're being fired from their work after work after work so hard. They are like great scientists, great doctors, great lawyers, great engineers, um, great uh, air pilots, uh, great stewards for um, airplane companies are being fired. The policemen, they're being fired. 95,000 people were fired somewhere in California, if I'm not mistaken you know and i do believe this is a part of persecution and we in a mission we have always said religious liberty religious liberty religious liberty god gave us some rights we must protect and now it seems we have to resist a little bit but we cannot resist at the expense of denying that covid is a real disease covid is a real attack covid is a real illness covid really could hurt the people if we don't take care of it it could kill them As a matter of fact, how could you reconcile, George, the medical perspective, taking it away from the political, I would say, interferences or abuse of of, uh, the patient's rights and uh, the human rights of the people um, about making a better, healthier decision in regard to how to prevent the disease or how to deal with that disease and how to recover and somehow um, from this huge political engine that is telling people get the vaccine and we do not know where we're heading with that except that there are consequences. What do you see post-COVID as consequences possibly on human life here in America first? Well, let me start by first saying I've seen nothing that says or said that aborted stem cells are involved in the research and rollout of the medications. So I have not seen anything like that. I haven't heard anything like that. I think the the two-shot vaccines do use mRNA, and they use some other emerging technologies, but I haven't seen anything that says that aborted anything was involved. So that's first. The second is COVID is the excuse for authoritarianism to spread because they're using this right now as the reason why they want to lock people down, that they want to keep them in their house. They want to keep us from being free. But could I easily see in a year or two that they're using the climate charade as a reason to try and lock down society because we can't drive our cars because somehow it contributes to greenhouse gas emissions. Therefore, they're going to use the same instruments of authoritarianism to 
keep us down? Yeah, I can totally see that because look at what's going on in Australia. Nobody wants to talk about Australia, but in Eastern Australia, they're doing things that up until COVID were heretofore unimaginable, and at least in a Western country. There is, there is the type of things in, happening right now in Australia, including persecution of Christians in terms of their ability to congregate, that were unimaginable two years ago. And oh, by the way, why don't we hear more religious leaders speaking out on this? That's one of the reasons I'm mad. I see this. It is obvious to me and every other member of the laity that this is not right. I don't hear religious leaders speaking out against the Australian government, against the Taliban, against name a long list of people and organizations, governments that are persecuting Christians one way or another. Where are the voices supporting Christians? That's true, and I can tell you where they are. Um, they are in a world of confusion because exactly what you said, but what, what, I want to first of all um, say one of the sources of um, where did the fetal egg come from? You know, um, there is this article in, um, in vaccinateacounty.com in Los Angeles County Department of Public Health when they speak about the um, fetal cell lines that were being used to produce some of the potential COVID-19 vaccines. They come from two sources and they name those two sources, but one of them was from a retinal cell line that was isolated from an aborted fetus in 1985. And this is basically where uh, the line of uh, uh, the people who made the uh, religious choice themselves, they said um, um, that while fetal cell lines may be used to develop or manufacture the COVID-19 vaccines, even though the vaccines themselves may not contain or do not contain, we do not know, any aborted fetal cells, but originally they were they derived from fetal cells, basically. And this is why it came that way. Now, you're trying to probably push me to speak myself, but I'm going to be the one who interviews you about the religious leader's role. Well, I could tell you, basically, in the world of Christianity, we could see that all religious leadership worldwide um, followed the state orders. Is this something good or bad? That's what I want to ask you. Did the religious leaders have a choice not to follow the state um, mandates or the state's orders, basically, about the COVID response? As a priest, you know that God gave us free will. We have free will as humans. We have rights that we were endowed by our creator with. So do we have a right to speak out? Yes. Do we have an obligation to speak out? Yes. Is there a reason that church leaders bow to the state? Well, I know in Germany, at least, it's money. I don't know what it is in Australia, but I think it's time to take the teachings of the church a little bit more seriously and not try and bend to either (laughs) essentially 40 pieces of silver from the German government or other tax breaks, other monetary incentives. I think you have to stand. 
if you do not stand for something, Father, you stand for nothing. How many times have we talked about this? Correct. Um, uh, remember, this is on the level of bishops, nothing. George. This is on the level of bishops. Bishops have that duty, uh, that obligation to respond um, on, on that level. It wasn't given for the priest. Priests had to follow. You know, priest insurances were pulled away. Um, and the Mexican Council of Bishops uh, told their priests that they will not cover them unless they are vaccinated. If they're not vaccinated, they don't allow them um, to go into the hospital, not to not to go, but they will not pay for their treatment in hospitals. You know, um, the bishops are doing those responses, and it is worth it, actually, to have a... And look, so the division is in a church. Bishops are punishing their priests and their congregations because they're not taking the vaccine. Employers, basically, are punishing their employees, and it's the same thing in the church. I don't have an answer, but I urge the bishops to act with charity, um, to act uh, with Christ Jesus' love, with Christ Jesus' Jesus is love. And, and some are. Some are. And some are, some of are. course. And some are. Now, the last, we have, we have one minute. Do you see post-COVID economic crisis, sh- food shortages, supply shortages, medical shortages, and water problem? What I see right now, and you can see it in the data, is this inflation is not transitory. It is here to stay. Now, to what degree? I don't know, but we're seeing numbers that we have not seen when it comes to inflation in 30, 40 years. If you do your math, that puts us back to Jimmy Carter. That was a terrible time economically, and it took someone like Ronald Reagan to save the republic. Now, will we need that same type of saving? Yeah, we will, because as inflation rises, real income goes down. It diminishes. So the people... Let us pray you and me, George, um, um, on this morning that the best will happen to us and we shall repent. And let us ask the Holy Mother Mary, on the cross Christ entrusted us to you as your children. Today we join with you in praising him. And may we be all saved. May God bless us, protect us from all evil, and bring us all to safety. Heal our sick, grant rest to the faithful departed, and give us eternal life. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 6 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.